The views and opinions expressed on this show are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers who are entirely responsible for all show content and do not reflect the opinions of WNJHradio.com. This program is not intended to diagnose any condition or promote any lifestyle. And now, WNJHradio.com presents The Carpenter's Son with Pastor Vince Lombardo from Calvary Chapel Church in Hamilton. times throughout the rest of my life or more. If you marry your best friend, you are well on your way to a wonderful marriage. So um, I had the privilege of having her say yes. She was a lot of work. I mean, I had to pursue her and chase her down to even other states, but she's worth the, she's worth the pursuit. Let me put it that way. Alrighty. Yeah. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Yes. Father, we come to you and we just invite you into everything that is said, even here this evening. We just ask you to be a blessing and to, to bless your people. Uh, Lord, Take uh, the opportunities we have to share and may it glorify you and perhaps even be an encouragement to someone. We give you all the praise in your son Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, Rick, thanks for having us. And it's, uh, uh, it's good. This was our 34th wedding anniversary because several, well, I say several years ago, but 34 seems like it was just moments ago, that many years ago, that my wife said yes to me when I asked her to marry me. But uh, it was certainly after much pursuit. You know, we, uh, we'll share a little bit about how we met. But um, when we met, we met in youth group in high school. And then after that, uh, she decided, see, this is my wonderful wife. And she is saying, okay, honey, you have to move it along. You're boring the people. Oh, this is, I'm going to tell you right now. This is going to be. Yeah. So you all can't see from behind yeah. there, and this is my radio debut, but I realize that we're live on Facebook, so I'm conscious of that as well. So I'm trying not to let any of you see the fact that I'm telling him he needs to speed up his story. She really does. I, you know, I have a wonderful wife, and she has these kind of hand signals, and some of her hand signals go like this, which is, you know, move it along. Mm-hmm. She has a simple one that is, you know, just land the plane, and she just puts her hand, and that's like, that's like get to the point there, honey. Okay. Uh, you know, and she has others, uh, you know, the simple ones like uh, you, you, you cut it off because, you know, <laughs> and then there's always this one, which is kind of universal, which is, uh, uh-huh. I don't get it. Yeah. So the so, bottom line is that we are opposites, but we balance each other out. I happen to speak quickly and I'm in high <laughs> gear most of the time. He mellows me out most of the time, but I also try to encourage him to talk a little faster. I, I don't know. Last night... Prior to men's study, we got onto a subject and he got off topic, but you know, nothing new there. But, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. all right, so, uh, let's talk about, um, let, well, let's start with you first. Let's, okay. since this is a learning experience for many of us, what's it like to be the wife of a pastor? Well, when we married, it's wonderful, Rick. <laughs> Nothing could be. <laughs> Make me happier. Uh, well, <laughs> I actually um, love what God has us doing right now. However, that is not how we started out. I was a travel agent. He was a sergeant with the sheriff's department. Life was very, very different for us at one point in time. Um, when the Lord called him, and he really did call him to be a pastor, um, I questioned that call not based on who he is, but based on who I am. And I said, Lord, how can you call him knowing who he's married? to and God is good and he just assured me that it is um, that we're a team and that he had things for me to do and things for him to do and that what I may even consider um, a detriment in my life God would use for his honor and glory and for my good in the long run so I actually um, did she just call me a detriment <laughs> yes she did, she no, did. No, no 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 not you <laughs> 
Yeah, okay, we'll we'll debate that one later. Things in my life. So yeah, so it's definitely an interesting position. Um, I happen to love people. I love women's ministry, which God's also called me to. Um, but that is kind of in addition to being his wife. And you know, we look at the scripture. There's not really a description of a to-do list for a pastor's wife other than to be a godly support to her husband. And so um, I've taken that seriously. One of the things that we, you know, advertised this tonight was, was pandemic passion. And, um, and we're both very passionate people about what we do, loving the Lord, serving the Lord. But passion can take on other meanings as well. And no matter how much you love somebody, no matter how much you are best friends with them. When you have been in lockdown as many weeks as we all have, mm-hmm. you can just be passionate, but not in necessarily right. a fun way. Right. You're, you're <laughs> to the point where one of you yes, want to I'm strangle. Yes, I'm ready to strangle you. Yeah, yes, never exactly. me. Never me. <laughs> yeah. um, so we had, of course, your son Vincent on several weeks ago, more than that now. And I asked him what it was like to be a son of a pastor and everything. And, and it was, again, an eye-opener for me because he basically said, Dad did everything a dad would do, you know. Going outside, having a catch, father-son talk, um, fishing, whatever. Uh, what's the role now when it comes, other than you being the mother, of course, we, we get that side of it. But what's it like now when his job is, you know... Um, demanding? So, demanding or <laughs> someone, I don't want to use the word dying, and they want to talk to him before mm-hmm. and all that. I mean, does that, as much as you're involved with the ministry, does that... Sometimes affect you like it like it yeah, affected def- the kids. Definitely, um, it is something that we've had to really work through over the years. Um, he's now been a senior pastor for twenty one years, but prior to that, when he was an assistant pastor, we had to go to counseling. We were I was ready to leave completely. Um, what she was- means by ready to leave is she <laughs> she got in the car and pulled out of the driveway with the kids and said, "I'm leaving. I'm done." Yeah. Yeah. So he was an assistant pastor at that time, and he was also working for the sheriff's department at that same time. And I was lonely. I was tired. I was overwhelmed with the kids. And so the best thing we did was we went to counseling. And in that counseling, what we learned um, was had less to do with him being a pastor and just what a healthy marriage looked like in general. And that's true for anyone that wants to have a healthy marriage. Your priorities have to be in order. And that is your relationship with God has to be first and foremost. Absolutely. And that's your personal relationship. My prayer life, being in the word, just as an individual, me as a daughter of God, talking to my father, God, and then my spouse has to come next. And then children, if there are any, now ours are grown, but we still have, you know, we still love them. We still right. have responsibilities. We have grandkids. Um, and then your ministry. And we really had gotten confused between our service to God and our relationship with God. Okay. And so that was a critical turning point for us to say, you know what? Your service for God is an outpouring of your relationship with God and our relationship with each other. Right. And so we put things into practice then. We take um, several times a year where we go away together. Absolutely. So we'll go away in the spring for my birthday. Um, we'll go away for our anniversary, unless, of course, we're on lockdown, and then we miss birthdays and anniversaries. Everything else, right? Right, everything. We'll go away for a week, and then we'll also go away in the fall for his birthday for a couple of nights. So we just try to quarterly just get a couple nights away and just spend it together, spend it reflecting, refreshing, physically getting renewed, you know, emotionally, spiritually, passionately, everything, right. so that we're healthy again. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah. everybody, any anybody consciously would say you've got to have your time away from the kids, even right. though they're grown, but... 
even from the grandkids even a little when bit. they weren't grown right right you know you, you got to have a little bit of that i mean to- wholeheartedly um all right so before we get too going on here let me give out the phone number area code 609-593-9654 once again 609-593-9654 all calls are welcome uh either pastor vince or diane will answer them so please don't be bashful and as uh, we always say, please don't hide behind Facebook because by the time we see your comments, it may be too late. So please give us a call. So, Vince, let's turn this on you now for a little bit. Um, your main thing in, in life, and excuse me if I don't say it correctly, is being the pastor of a wonderful church that started from a very little thing to a much bigger thing now. Um, what's that like as in... Where Diane says, well, tonight I really wish you could stay home. I want you, you know, to watch TV, not burn the house down, as we heard in some stories a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> um, but, I mean, what's it like from that end of your side of it? I mean, my wife is uh, very understanding because I'm, I'm, I'm out of the house a lot. Yes. And because I'm out of the house a lot and because ministry takes on uh, – by definition, ministry means service. So when you're serving and when you're going to go pray with someone or go to visit someone or in the hospital or something like that, I can tell you that pre-COVID, pre-life was busy. Mm-hmm. After that hit, life got busier. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, before, what you're able to do in groups, you now have to do to individuals. Right. Uh, you know, when there are people that are that are it's necessary to interact. That's one of the reasons why, um, you know, it's important that uh, even we get back to meeting in church is because we are commanded to mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. And it seems like for the last in fact, it actually is for the last eight weeks. We've only been rejoicing for those who rejoice and mourning for those who mourn. You know, we, we touched on this just a little bit uh but the reality is you are not mourning with someone who suffered a loss when you're standing on their porch right. with a casserole in your hand that you have to leave on a glass right. table on their porch and then right. step away and Absolutely. wave from a distance. That's not mourning with. Right. Uh, and th- so there's no way for them to be able to uh, to grieve through that. So you have to find other ways to grieve with them. So we try to FaceTime and we try to uh, to talk and we're talking on the phone and things. So, so things tend to... Um, get uh busier for our lives and my wife is super understanding with that we've now had to work out uh schedules when it comes to who's going to facetime our we do zoom meetings now for our uh small groups so we now have to zoom from different <laughs> zoom from different, different rooms. locations right because <laughs> if she's sitting i came home last night i had a men's meeting uh, and uh, i do it at the church and there are a couple of guys that help me get the tech set up so we can Zoom to the guys. And after our, our Zoom meeting, I get home, and there's my wife sitting down having a Zoom meeting with a, you know, so she's got a, an auxiliary light so she's not washed out in the, the background. And she's having a Zoom meeting also as I come through the door. And I, I thought she was talking to me, but apparently she was talking to other women on her Zoom meeting. I'm like, okay, then I'm just going to quietly go into the kitchen and get myself a cup of coffee. <laughs> and the, so, yeah, she's, uh, but we just have to work it out and we have to do whatever is necessary in order to do that. It is better now that um, I don't work a full time job or even a part time job. For a long time, I was working as the church was growing and we were building the church. And that was even, uh, that was even more 
Plus, we had little kids at that time, so between working outside of the church and inside of the church and having little kids, right? Life is easier right now, and we're really enjoying this phase of life because we do most things together. So if there's a, you know, if we're going to go and, you know, weep with someone who's weeping, Mm -hmm. together we're going, um, depending on the circumstances. But so we've, we're really blessed by that in this phase of our life. And we're also blessed that our children, uh, all married and have, children of their own, that they all live fairly local, you know, right. between here and Absec, and nobody's out of state. In fact, uh, you know, they're within half an hour or so of our home. So life is easier. I get to see right. my kids. I get to see my grandkids. We can build. I was at my, uh, my son's house today, just helping him with something. And as I'm there, my daughter just saw my car in his driveway as she was driving by. So she just pulled in. So now just for, a, you know, 10 minutes, I get right. to go say hey to my grandkids as she's on her way back home and, you know, pet the puppy, that kind of thing. It's really nice to be close to be able to do that and have a little bit of flexibility in the schedule in order to accomplish that. Totally agree with that. Um, so um, let's see. We, where can I go with this? So basically life other than ministry, you guys live a normal couple life. <laughs> You're laughing. What does that mean, well, normal as, couple life? I mean, as in you guys go on vacation, <laughs> yes. watch movies. Yes. Uh, we come to find out you watch TV and the kitchen catches possibly on fire. Yeah, we've done yeah, that yeah. before so, too, yes. So basically that's what I'm saying. You guys yes. live a normal Life. Yeah, I I don't know if it would be as normal as a lot of people's lives because we are always on call, if you want to call right. that. Yeah, so absolutely. we plan for emergencies. You know, we plan for something to happen. We right. plan for timing to be difficult. Um, we schedule Fridays as our day off, knowing that a couple times a month we might actually get that. Um, so it's just, uh, it's a different life, but it's a good life. And we carve out time for each other intentionally. And good. I think that's true of any relationship. Yes. I see so many um, women frustrated and exhausted because they don't have partners or they don't have others in their lives or they themselves aren't willing to say, my kids will be okay if I put them to bed early and have a romantic dinner with my husband. Yes. And that was one of the things that we really... Um, did when we were where kids were young and we were struggling financially I would put the kids to bed I'd feed them ahead of time I'd put them to bed and then I would set the table with candles and a pretty tablecloth and maybe flowers and have hot dogs <laughs> you know hey, it didn't have to be an exotic right. meal it was just the two of it you it was the two of us right. getting to spend time together and right. so I encourage that you know you're looking for ways to bring in romance um, you're, you have to have good disciplined kids in order to have good romance because right. you can't have them sucking the life out of you true True, and some parents do let that happen, and then they realize a little later on, wow, you know. And 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 yeah. again, I never had any children, but I do understand the story. So, um, ministry, yes, okay. Um, as we like to call you around the church, we call you mom because you <laughs> like to school some of us, which is fine, <laughs> and, and we enjoy it. Um, but you also play a big part in Calvary in a lot of ways. What what what's your What's your goal? I mean, what's your call of duty? I, I, I pick a word. What you do around the church? I mean, since we've been live streaming, you make sure Vince looks good. You move flowers every now and then, change the scenery up a right. little bit. But I mean, beyond that, since that's new, what's what's your goal? What's, what? So I really feel like it's a calling in my life from the Lord to invest in women, um, mainly because I know what it's like to be hurt by women. Um, I know what it's like to be hurt by churches. 
And so because of that, I have great compassion for wanting women especially to be empowered to serve the Lord with freedom, to embrace who God's created them to be, to recognize true forgiveness for anything that they've gone through. And to really embrace whatever God's called you to do. And, you know, if that's, you know, being a grocery store worker or a doctor or a mom or whatever it is, do it to your fullest. And so I'm challenged by that. And that's what I like. I love people and I love to meet new people. So I feel like God has gifted me with being welcoming as a compliment to Vince being a pastor. Okay. Now you also go out and do talks besides the ministry don't you yes so i speak at women's retreats and conferences and teas um uh, this was a very difficult year for me because i was scheduled for um two women's retreats in italy and one in portugal and they were all canceled obviously um so it's been a challenge one in york pennsylvania that was canceled as well we're hoping to reschedule that at least um so it was a difficult year yeah i love to go and share with women wherever god opens the door okay okay um. So, and we have an agreement because. Um, oh, I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> see, here's the thing. I'm I, I love to be other places, but I don't necessarily like to travel to other places. I consider myself a white knuckle flyer. So, uh, uh, one of them. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. So I'm I'm not comfortable on airplanes, and I do get airsick. So I take my Dramamine before I go, and. Uh, and I quietly just try to find a place to get through the flight to go where I'm going. Whereas my wife is Susie Sunshine on the airplane. She can fly backwards. She can sit <laughs> anywhere, do anything. And, you know, she's much smaller than I. So she's not, you know, she's not constantly interrupting people's lives. Yeah, you know, When you walk in an airplane and you walk down the aisle, and you can see the look of fear and dread in people's eyes when you can almost hear them audibly saying, Dear Lord Jesus, don't let that man sit next to me. Have to sit <laughs> <Yes>. next to me. <laughs> that I know that you know I'm a big guy and that, that can can cramp people. So but my wife, she's like she can sit anywhere, people like her. And you know they don't scream and run away when they when they're forced to sit next to her. Daddy, daddy, don't make this mean late note. So <laughs> I, I guess I'm exaggerating, but the reality is she loves to travel, and she's good at travel. And I'm not as good at travel, but I don't ever want to be the you know the ball and chain for her. That if she's and he's got never an has been. He's always been so supportive and so encouraging. Um, at every phase of our life when the kids were little and I would need to travel somewhere on a missions trip or speaking engagement, he would be the first one to jump in and, you know, his mom and his sister and, you know, those would take the kids and, and family would help out and he would just be like, whatever you need, babe, I want you to do this. So does that mean when we go to Israel next year, we got to give you a little special cocktail so you're not (laughs) grabbing onto the back of the chair? He's learned, he's learned over the years being married to me that travel is an, you know, is a necessary part of our lives and he's learned to embrace it so he's now gotten the patch um to fly down to a science Mm -hmm. um he's a much more comfortable traveler now and he enjoys it now 
Mm. Yeah. He loves he loves to go to Israel and oh, yeah. <laughs> he loves to watch people experience Israel. Yeah, so know. we're looking forward. Yes. We've had to postpone our trip to fall of 2021, but we're hoping that we will have, you know, a full house and joining us and walking where Jesus walked and that yeah. things will be open to be able to just embrace all that God yeah. teaches us while we're yes, there. I would love to see us patrol half the plane. That that would be that would be, great, that, would be that, that would be awesome. And I think through all this, I think that's a possibility. That would be nice. You know, one of the things that my wife uh, does is she she was a travel agent. So because she was a travel agent, she is comfortable with travel. And she knows the questions to ask and what to do. So when she picks up the phone to call someone, she uses whatever oh, I'm going to. I'm going to get it wrong, but I'm going to use a phrase that I've heard. Hi, this is Diana. I'd like to check rate and availability for mm-hmm. September 27th, flying out of ba, 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 to so-and-so. Yes, no, yes. And then she'll give some you know, clear indicators as to what it is that she's looking for. Right. The person on the other end speaks that same language. Yes. So they have now communicated at a level that I don't. Of course. <laughs> so because she has that ability, she's able to then get me what it is that she knows is makes my flight more comfortable. Whatever seating row that has a little more leg room, right. uh, maybe an exit row, whatever it is mm-hmm. that, that she can do in order to accommodate that, she then does that. And so she makes sure that she does. Uh, she does. And now I even early. let him sit next to me. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. oh, this should be interesting. I'm looking forward to this. I really am. All right. With that, let's take a quick break here. But once again, our phone number is 609 593-9654-609-593-9654. You're listening to The Carpenter's Son with Pastor Vincent Lombardo and his wife, Diane. We'll be back right after this. Hello, this is Diane Lombardo with Calvary Chapel Hamilton's Women's Ministry. During this difficult time with so many restrictions, it is easy to get down when we focus on the things we cannot do. I'd like to challenge us all today to focus on those things which we can do. We can call our neighbor to check on them. We can offer to get groceries for the elderly living nearby. We can send a card through the mail to encourage and brighten someone's day. We can be gracious and kind to those who are working at the grocery stores, pharmacies, and other businesses. We can brighten someone's day with just a smile from a distance. We can implement family meals within our home. We can walk around our yards and neighborhoods praying for others. We can thank those who are working on the front lines. We can plant a beautiful garden and share with our friends. We can worship God from our living rooms with live stream options. We can do so many things, even in the midst of having restrictions, in ways we never expected. Together, we can bring beauty and joy to our friends and family. I look forward to seeing the impact you will have. Please share what you're doing on our Facebook page at Calvary Chapel Hamilton. WNJHradio.com is proud to salute and support all of our hometown South Jersey medical professionals and local businesses, including Team Termite and Pest Control, serving all of South Jersey, ridding your home and yard of termites, mosquitoes, ants, ticks, bed bugs, and all other undesirable types of insects. Call them at 609-704-8888 or visit their website at www.teamtermitenj.com. WNJHradio.com, proud to be live, local, and loyal to South Jersey. You're listening to the Carpenter's Son with Pastor Vince Lombardo on WNJHradio.com. And we are back. And once again, our phone number is 609-593-9654. Once again, 609-593-9654. 
Besides the pastor tonight, we have his lovely missus with us, Diane, and we're going to talk about romance in a few minutes. But, Pastor, I believe you wanted to give a shout-out. Yes, I just wanted to say something to those who installed the flags at the cemeteries here in Hamilton, and I'm sure all over the place, but specifically here in Hamilton, I, I can tell you the Memorial Day uh, – I was unsure as to whether or not flags were going to get placed at graveside, so uh, I was prepared to go and put some down for you know my my father at his grave and you know my uncle and some of the other relatives that are around in that area of the the local cemetery. And as I went there, I was pleasantly surprised at a couple of things. One is, uh, by the way, they always keep it nice and neat and trim. So thanks to those who maintain that. And the second is that there were there were fresh flags placed uh, by each of the veterans. Um, headstones and so big thank you to those who constantly do those things without any major fanfare without any pomp or circumstance they just quietly do those things and i just wanted to say publicly it means so much to families when uh, other people demonstrate that care and that respect yes. and, and i totally agree because we here at the station we're going to do it and we had a listener give us flies that we still have because we didn't know what was going to happen either. And mm -hmm. I have an uncle that served in World War II, a cousin who served in Vietnam, a cousin who served in the Korean War, and then my two brothers were National Guards. When we started going out and visiting the cemeteries, we realized, well, we don't need to do this. And, and again, give them praise for what they did, yes. but it looks like they went a step above this time, I mm -hmm. guess, because of the reaction of normally the Boy Scouts were going to do it, and I'll leave it there, but... I agree with you. Um, they always do it. They don't ask for a thank you. I don't yep. know how they raise the money to buy all them flags, but they're not buying the little ones. They're buying the, you know, the normal sizes. And and I'm thankful that they really did it because well done. I, yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, win it. It was well done, yeah. and well done. and I was impressed and mm -hmm. wanted to remark on it whenever I get the opportunity. Yes. You know, veterans have given so much for our liberty, and uh, you know, as you look around and as I was walking around. I mean, I am personally aware of those who gave their life uh, during the battles, and I am also aware of those that came back and perhaps even suffered throughout the rest of their lives and then passed away. And, uh, I mean, I won't go into great detail in them, but I can tell you that my respect for them is way up here. Yes. Yes. And when other people honor them, it makes me feel better because yes. mm -hmm. I know that their sacrifice right. was uh, – and, was honored in right. that and even today's younger men and women that served that walk into Wawa with the uniform I thank them because again they may never they may get the call and we never know what may happen yep uh, you know so I do pre I'm glad you brought that up all right so now we return topic to romance so since um, you brought that up, Diane. Uh, let's talk about romance. Okay, we I think we did leave lose the Facebook Live feed. We I'm not did. sure. Um, yeah, we did. Looks like we did. So we may want to get that back going. Technology is wonderful when it works. It is. Somewhere there's somebody with a great big button controlling everything. That's right. And they can just turn it on or off at whim. But you know, it's interesting when you talk about romance, and it's important. Romance is more than um, just what it has been reduced to on television and the movies. Romance is a actually um, pursuing. We used to use the word wooing to pursue and to make the other feel valuable and cherished. You know, when Paul writes uh, to the church at Ephesus, it 
blows my mind that the Apostle Paul was given the privilege of writing concerning love. And as he writes to Corinthians, you know, and he talks about love is patient, love is kind, love is long-suffering. It doesn't harbor uh, any ill will. It doesn't remember wrongs. Love endures all things, hopes all things. Uh, You know, the greatest of these is love. All of that, the Apostle Paul got to write. And then he says, and when you guys, you want to engage in marriage, this is what you need to do. You need to love your wife as Christ loved the church. And what did Christ do in order to pursue us? He came down here and his every thought, his every word, his every action was, how can I be a blessing to my bride, his church? And then he says, by the way, guys, this is the standard. So step up. Okay. And then he tells us how. He says, now you are to meet their physical, spiritual, and emotional needs. You are to cherish them. You are to wash them in the water of the word, you know, keeping them on the pedestal that I have presented for you. So when you meet those standards, then your bride or the one that you are intending to uh, encourage to say yes to you, when that one then responds and it's... They're responding to that which is initiated. And when you get to initiate that, if you're acting like that, it is, it would take some, uh, I, I don't know, some person who's not, well, I wish my husband didn't love me so much. I wish my husband didn't cherish me so much. I wish my husband was not conscious or caring concerning my physical, my spiritual, emotional needs. I wish, you know, that's, that's not what women ever say. They don't say, you know, I wish he bathed less. I, you know. <laughs> okay, on that note. Uh, yeah. All right, we'll leave that one alone there, pal. Well, those are things that they, they never say, I wish he were not as good as he is. Right. You know, what are they, they feeling? They, they want to feel, my husband goes out of his way for me. My husband puts me first. My husband, and that's However, the way they However, on the flip side of that, feel. men want to feel that as well. Yes. They want to know that we are there for them. That we but are, we're not allowed to say it. No. <laughs> That is not true. We're just allowed to feel it quietly. <laughs> that is not true. You often tell me, I could use this or I could use that. Okay. Well, let's, remember, we got to keep this PG. All right. It so, is. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about uh, the romance side of it. Okay. Um, I mean, how is that in a ministry life, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. I think it's, you know, it's true in any life that's really busy. You have to schedule in time together and be ready to be spontaneous at any given time. So you have to look at things a little differently and you have to say romance is important. Intimacy is important, not just physical intimacy, but that bearing of your soul with Mm -hmm. one another, that being real with each other, that being that safe place to land. And that takes time. It takes energy. It takes intention. And so I think that's the best thing about romance is being intentional, knowing what can I do to make it special for you. And um, it's learning that over over a period of time. You know, when I had to learn, and this is just one, one thing, I'll put it out there. I had to learn this. When my wife wants to talk to me concerning things that are weighing heavily on her mind, more often than not, she is not looking for me to fix things. More often than not, she's just looking for somebody to talk to right. about it. My, I, I use the phrase, my wife is a verbal processor. So she wants someone who is in it with her, processing through with her. And then the decisions that she needs to come to 
present themselves in a way that she can untangle whatever is going on in her mind. That is- So you use that word untangled, and I think that's an important thing to explain. We read a book many years ago called Women Are Like Spaghetti and Men Are Like Waffles, or vice versa. Great book. I highly recommend it. It's a fun look at marriage and relationship. And it talks about men being like waffles in that they um, their lives are made up of small squares. And these boxes, these squares, they can be opened a couple at a time, one at a time, but you can't all have them open at the same time. So, and then the center square is always sex. It doesn't matter. That can be opened at any given time, no matter what else is open. But, okay. Um, all right. Well, it is so, romance. We're married. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. No, no, um, and then women are like spaghetti, which means that our lives are not like little boxes that can be opened and closed, but rather everything is intertwined. And this is a you know generalization of men and women in general. I know some don't fall into this category, but a lot do in my experience. So the women are like spaghetti. All of our emotions are kind of connected to the others. When you pull one piece of spaghetti, it affects the whole pile, right? Mm-hmm. And so we've learned through going through that book and, and you know studying romance, studying love, studying marriage. And allowing those to, to get us to communicate, to probe, so that you get outside of uh, and learn that my wife processes through things differently than I do. My wife uh, handles situations differently than I do. And as a result, um, we've had to – so things like how do I express to her that I love her? Uh, I'm going to share a, a failure. <laughs> oh. Really really fast failure. I'll show okay. you. <laughs> Just remember we, us guys will remember what you failed at and remind okay. you, but that's okay. I'll share a fast failure, and then I'll drag out one of the home runs. <laughs> so the failure was this. Our, our daughter was getting married. I knew that it would be an important day for my wife when uh, for our daughter's wedding. So I went out of my way to try to go and find a beautiful ring with a with a the perfect stone in it that would match the dress that my wife was wearing and be reminiscent of the colors of my daughter's wedding. So I went everywhere I could think of to find just the perfect ring when my wife Now, this was the day before the wedding. This was two days before the wedding that he spent eight hours taking our son and going and disappearing while we're finishing up favors, while we're finishing up decorations. He decided that that would be the day to buy a ring. He couldn't find it, so he went back out the day before the wedding, the day of the rehearsal. It was a nice ring. Okay. All righty. So I went out of my way, and I found this ring. Then I, on the day of the wedding, I present her with the ring. And in her mind, that ring was a symbol of a day and a half that she felt alone when she really wanted to share this event with me. And she was now burdened with and left alone to and follow up all those sentences. So I now know that my wife has a wonderful ring that I have never seen her wear. Okay. I did wear it. It's true. It's 10 years. No, that's not true. Uh, That's not true. You probably don't even know where it is. Uh, It's in the safe. I know exactly (laughs) where it is. And I wore it for a while. And he finally put it in the safe because he's like, this is just bad blood between us. Because I tried to handle it gracefully, but I was exhausted. And I'm an experienced person. I'm not a thing person. I don't care about stuff. Now, if he had wanted to buy me a ring, what he's learned is that three weeks or four weeks before the wedding, had he taken me away overnight and said, let's go look for a beautiful ring to commemorate our daughter's wedding, I would have thoroughly enjoyed that. If he had just taken me to the store a week before, not on a day we were trying to finish up all the stuff, and said, let's go pick out a ring together, that would have been great. If he had even mail-ordered it a year in advance... (laughs) 
it would have been fine. If he had drawn a picture of a if ring. If he had drawn a picture a- of a ring. But he stole the experience of us getting everything ready for the wedding and left me alone to do all of the work from my perspective by myself without the experience. All right. So let me ask you this because, unfortunately, I'm the boy in the family. So I thought at that moment in time, the father is supposed to, like, walk away and you and the daughter – are supposed to do what needs to be done because that's which we had been doing throughout. Okay, um, but everybody else was together and doing things, and he was absentee. Well, now Vin- little Vincent at the yeah. time was with him, so yeah, hey, um, dad and so brother- we had none. So think about that: we had none of the muscle. Oh, that's what. Okay, all right. We had none of the muscle, none of it. Okay. So we're lugging, we're carting, we're setting things up, we're doing all that, and he is absentee. Briefly on the failure. Briefly, Briefly on, the on the failure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so. Now let's talk about the home. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's talk. Let's hear this. <laughs> on her on her finger currently yes. is a beautiful gold ring. When we went to Israel, uh, we had uh, a friend who pointed out to us that they knew a man that would actually make custom jewelry. Okay. So uh, he came. He met my wife, and then she found a ring. That he would have carved in it in Hebrew. Uh, whatever word you choose. Yeah, whatever word you choose mm-hmm. to have in there. And her phrase is, you know, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I don't know what word you chose in Hebrew. <laughs> that's, not, that's not the right verse. Uh, uh, we, are, we are created in his You're image. Back in years, Try again. Uh, <laughs> we are his workmanship. <laughs> that's right. We are his workmanship. Okay. So All the ladies are get, typing that in as we yeah. speak. I can just tell you that. So she had to get... So Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship created in and, Christ and, and, Jesus. And Vern is laughing at you right now, yeah. but that, yeah. we'll leave that one to be. Right. So uh, he was very thoughtful and actually knew the verse at the time. <laughs> I'm just a little nervous because I'm on the radio. Yeah, God, right. Be, you're fine. <laughs> um, but, but there you go. There's a perfect example that you guys do live a normal couple's life. You wanted him there... Through yeah. start to finish of mm-hmm. your daughter's wedding, and I get that. Yeah. It's a big day right. for, for you. And 15 or so years later, we've yeah. learned right. what works. Right, and, <laughs> and it's a big day for him because he's the one that's walking his daughter down right. the aisle, giving her hand up in marriage. So, yes. yes, I get it. But at the same time, he wanted to make the day special for you. Yes, and just, I appreciated that, right. and I gave him all the credit for right. that. I just have to I have to, you know, save some face here yeah. that I was very appreciative. I did wear the ring, and he's the one that said, I really want to just put the ring away because it feels like failure to me. I wouldn't look at it that way. I would just say poor timing maybe, but I wouldn't look at it because <laughs> you had a lot of heart behind it yes. for a lot of reasons. Um, so I, I get that. So... Um, all right, so what else do we – I mean, all right, so you basically pr- uh, let us all know that you guys could fail just like a couple. And, yes. you know, you guys get on each other's nerves just like a normal couple. Uh, let's talk about as a couple right now going through this new norm and air right. quotes. Um, how's that been with people? Are they calling you guys more – and asking for yeah, how gonna, how do we get through this because I'm ready to kill my husband. Right. You know. Yeah, it's very, very difficult for a lot of family members who are stuck in the house with somebody 24-7. They're not used to that. You know, they're used to people getting up, having their routine, kids going to school, husbands going to work, wives going to work, uh, you know, other people – in Kids and out of the going house. To school Kids going to school work. is a big oh deal. I mean, I, I've talked to so deal. many moms who are just like, oh, I'm losing it. Right. I, I love my kids, but this is really hard. Yeah. And so how do we get creative with getting our own personal space when everybody's always around? 
How do we get creative? And and I do want to bring up that there's been lots of studies done lately on the secondary deaths is what they're calling them from the pandemic. Mm-hmm. The suicide rate is yes. up to a ridiculous amount. Yes, it it's up almost five times what it normally is. Yes. Um, the suicide hotline has 600% more phone calls during this pandemic than they normally have. People, we need to be reaching out to each mm-hmm. other and we need to be investing in each other. This is a devastating time, not just because of the virus, but because of what it's doing to the mental health yes. of our world. Yes. And so we need to do that. So in the process, how do we keep from killing each other in the house, but also b- building good memories? Like right. we can have great memories during this too. Mm-hmm. And so we have, you know, we actively try. We um, we have a deck out the back of our house. And we made it a little bigger because we were spending every day out there. And thankfully, having carpenters as a husband and a son, they were able to just buy the supplies and do it themselves. So, right. you know, we have a lower cost factor on those things that other people would. But it's, you know, you have to say, what can I do so that we can have sanity and actually build memories? Right. Um, so suggestions for that are to talk to each other and say, I need some alone time and not be offended by that. Right. You know, introverts need time alone in order to gain their strength. They yes. regain their strength by spending time alone. Extroverts like me, we gain our strength by being around other people. I'm I'm struggling with this pandemic. Yes. You're, I you're like miss yeah. being with people. Yeah. I need to be around right. people. And so you know, he recognizes that. And now there's just the two of us in the house. So, you know, we have an empty nest now. Right. So I have to find creative ways to, you know, extend the deck and have people there where we can still have distance between us, but still have interaction. Mm-hmm. So, so it was nice this weekend, actually, you know, being able to go to uh, sit outside and play cornhole, but yeah. you know, with a couple of our kids and nothing wrong some with friends. That. It was yeah. nice to be yeah. able to Not, get yeah. out just for a couple of hours. To, right be able to do that and almost feel a small taste of normalcy. Normal, right. right. You know, we right. know today held new things. And right. when you walk into the uh, – I mean, uh, I went to uh, to go into the town hall this morning because I, I had to pick up a building permit for my son. And as I walked in there, uh, you have to put on a mask. And then you go to the front desk, and there's a, a woman who's you know 20 feet behind the glass, and she's on the phone. And normally you can just kind of make gestures and mm-hmm. – Get the information you need, or wave hello and say, "I'm, you know, I'm going here or there." But you have to wait because you've got a mask on, so she can't even see who you are or right. what it is that you're doing. Right. Uh, and then you have to communicate through a new plexiglass, and then uh, so it's it's awkward, and it, it it adds another layer. It makes makes things less comfortable, and communication is that much more restricted. Yes, people aren't talking the way they used to. However, he came home excited because he said, um, "Andrea, who goes to our church and works there, she's like, I got to see somebody from church, and they're excited to see us again soon too." Yeah. Yep. So, so let's talk about the church for a minute, and yes. then we'll get back on topic. You made an announcement yesterday. Yes. That the church is going to open. Yes. Okay. So explain that. When is the church? When's the church officially opening, and how are we doing? Our first service is going to be Sunday morning at nine o'clock. We are spreading out the services, and we're um, we're in keeping with. We are endeavoring to keep a very close eye on what it is that are the mandates from the CDC. In fact, their recommendations and suggestions. Uh, I know they call them recommendations and suggestions, but they're actual guidelines. And we have a team that is good at that, and they're looking at that, and we're going to take them and go above and beyond in many areas yes. to be able to you know, have one entrance in and one exit and keep the distancing and masks. Or we have 
cases and cases of masks and gloves and uh, to, to make this as you know, certainly as safe an environment as it possibly can be. Uh, I wanted to let people know that, you know, we're not doing this because we're, we're trying to raise awareness. We're not doing this because we're trying to rebel against, you know, we're trying to uh, just simply be obedient to uh, the command of the, of the Lord. And uh, when the Lord says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together to gather regularly. And then he gives us a mandate and says, when you get together on the first day of the week. So we're commanded to do that. I understand there was a necessity to to break and to cease from that. I, I get that. I really do. Um, as a result of, you know, especially what the president said, and then the guidelines from the CDC that were set up for to be able to safely reopen houses of worship. Um, we are going to reopen and our, our house of worship. And our passion and top priority is the health of our people. Yeah. Right, absolutely. And so we are trying to really just go above and beyond, as he said. And our desire is that we open the doors for those who should be there. Mm-hmm. For those who still need to isolate, they should be. Absolutely. If you, if you fall into a bracket of being um, susceptible, if you fall into the brackets of needing to be more cautious, you should not be coming out. Right. You should wait. We're still going to live stream so that if you need to be sheltering at home, you can shelter at home. Right. If you need to be out with people, mental health is just as critical as physical health. Yes. And so getting together is critical. Spiritual health is also important. Can you get that from the live stream? Yes and no. Parts of it you can, but we also need to get back into some meeting together publicly. And so we're trying to be as respectful as possible to everyone involved. We're trying to be as loving as possible, which is why, you know, I'm not a big fan of masks because I, you know, I have a hard time with them. I don't, I don't like anything confining me, but because I love other people, I am more than willing to do what is necessary to love them. And so that's why I wear a mask. That's why I've gotten a few cute ones (laughs) so that I can continue to wear them and keep others safe. All right. So, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, it's been fun the last eight weeks, what we do behind the scenes that a yeah. lot of the members don't know right. what went together. And we were very fortunate to have a gentleman that was able to get everything quickly. And we started from the very first Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I do. I totally agree. If you still can't come out. Please stay home. You can yes. watch. We're going to still provide the 1030 service, I believe, right? Yep. That's 1030 the service is going to be streamed. Stream. So stream. we're still going to do that, and we do monitor it. So, you know, questions could be asked. But, yeah, I'm glad to see. And, and because of the CDC guidelines, we have chosen right now to only do Sundays because they recommend seven days between services. So that's what we're doing this week is we're not having anything else meet at church right. as far as the other meetings. We'll still have Zoom meetings for the men's meetings, the women's meetings, Um Wednesday night will still be live streamed, things along that line. We will not have children's ministry um, up and running yet, so we won't have the cafe open. So bring your own coffee if you're coming on Sunday. We will have some bottled water there. Talking about the kids, how how are they doing? I mean, I I know Vincent is a part of it. Mm -hmm. Joe is a part of it. I mean, how are they reacting to not going to Sunday school? So I think – um, the, the families that I've spoken to, there's such a variety of the way kids are reacting. Um, some kids really don't know that anything's going on because they are normally at home more often anyway, and their families have kind of kept them sheltered from the fact that they're being sheltered. Um, others 
Um, you know, we have a friend who tested positive for COVID. And one of the things she said was her older daughter, who is you know old enough to understand, recognizes that people are dying from this. Mm-hmm. And so she was very much upset by it. And, um, you know, her younger one, you know, didn't realize the severity of it, the possibilities of it. And so I think, you know, it varies with each family, with each circumstance, and and it's time for kids to get outside and play. Yes. You know, it's time for kids to start doing things again that are going to be healthy to build their immune systems, mm-hmm. get them in the dirt, get them in the ocean, get right. them in the sand, get them in those places that they're going to get sunshine and they're going to get fresh air and they're going to get the dirt from the ground, which is really healthy for kids in yes. general. And in general, they're starting to say that, oops, we should be going out and exercising our immune system. Yes. Uh, and we now know that this won't survive in warm weather. So more people go out, we may kill this thing, hopefully. So, like, you know, the more the more we learn, the better off we are. Yes. And, uh, you know, I can't thank enough those who are careful and those who are making a, a conscious effort to um, protect and to keep others safe and to encourage even in the midst of it. And I... I don't ever want to minimize my thanks for them and to them. And I also want to, you know, to say that because I recognize and I'm glad our president recognizes that churches are essential. Yes. That's never changed. You know, churches are essential. Uh, if others do not see it as essential, I'm sorry for them. I feel mm-hmm. bad for them. And, yes. And sad because they're missing that, which has made been made clear ever since, you know, uh, the pilgrims got here, that that which is necessary for life is also the ability to freely worship our true and living God. Yes. So we need to protect that. Uh, am I, uh, is it, would it be better if we were uh, not under these mandates? Yes, of course it would be better. However, this is not done in order to make a statement or to somehow, uh, this is not an act of any rebellion. This is an act of obedience. We just need to obey the true and living God. Right. Yes, I know that Romans 13 says that we are to obey the magistrates and those who are in authority over us. But we also recognize that on several occasions, not only did Peter, not only did Paul, but Jesus himself even violated that which is the law of the land and said, but I must preach the gospel. I must be about my father's business. I must do these things, even if it means uh, getting in trouble with those around us. I, I don't believe that we should. I believe very clearly that uh, we are not doing anything that is going to be detrimental to people or we would not do it. I really believe that this is absolutely critical for the spiritual health of the people God has given me to be pastor. So I pray for them each and every day. We do not enter into decisions lightly or flippantly and certainly not because I want to stand up and beat my chest and wave an American flag. I believe that it is necessary to stand on the truth of God's word and to be obedient to what it is that he has said. Since I believe that, especially after hearing two things, which is not only what the president has said, but those which are the statistics that have been presented and that which is the the deeply flattened curve, and then all of those CDC um, recommendations for meeting for corporate church worship that they recognize that it's safe to do if you do it safely. Right. right. So we are going to safely do it safely. Right. 
Yes, you are a lot less vulnerable coming to church on Sunday after we have sanitized everything. We sanitize between services. We are suggesting everything that will keep you safe. You're much safer there than you are even going to the grocery store right. or Walmart or somewhere else. And so, um, you know, we do want to protect people because we love people. That's why we do what we do. But you can't get past the fact that we are going to, by definition, gather. Right. Yes. Gathering together is critical. Yes. So, yes, we are going to gather. Uh, I'm, I'm sad that there is a mandate against gathering, but I can't, I can't do anything about the legality of that currently. No, to- so, totally other. And, and being involved as much as I am now, I know that you put a lot of praying into it. Yes. Checked with the guidelines, and we're very fortunate that you have a uh, a team. I I would say team that's gone way beyond to make sure everything is going to be ready for Sunday. It's good. The first one is going to be the hardest because it's going to be a trial by error because, you know, we're going to work out everything. Um, but I'm glad, and I think we're going to see more and more uh, churches open, and, and I truly hope they would for the sake of what you said earlier. You know, some people need it. I mean, I'll say that um, myself because for the longest time, as you both know, I stopped, and then when I came to you guys, I need that Sunday. Yeah. You know, it's not just because I love hanging out with you two. There are other people out there that I just want to hear them say something and, and see them. Um, yeah. So I, I'm glad that we're moving forward. Well, um, and I praise God that we're in Hamilton where I, I can tell you that people care about each other. Yes. yes. You know, I was just in a, uh, a conversation this afternoon, and people were not only talking with each other, but they're talking with concern with mm-hmm. each other. And these are just businessmen who are simply making business decisions. Right. And as they're making business, you, everything intertwines yes. in a community like this. Because every decision that's made, uh, you know, uh, it doesn't just impact you. It impacts you and your family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people knew your dad. Right. You know, people knew my dad. Right. People know our, our relatives and our yes. loved ones. So that when you're, when you're talking about, you know, to this one, and you're talking about his dad. You know who he is because, you know, so all of those decisions, uh, none of those are made lightly when it comes to uh, making decisions concerning whether you should or should not even attend church. But we're Hamilton. Mm-hmm. We're not Hoboken. Right. You know, in Hoboken, right. I, they have a different dynamic. And whatever yes. their dynamic is, I pray for them in their dynamic. But they're, they're a suburb of New York City. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. We're a blueberry farming community right. on the way to the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. so Basically, yes. So uh, you get to know the people. Yeah. You get to know what, right. what the needs yeah. are because you spend so much time right. interacting with people and loving them personally. Mm. And, yeah. and yesterday, again, you and I were talking, and, and when I went home, I thought about that for a few minutes, how my father would have reacted during this because he had to go to work every day. That mm-hmm. was just the way he was. I mean, a holiday came around. All right, he enjoyed it because it was a day he could sleep in, as he would say, don't bother me. But at the same time, I, I, I knew him well enough that he would have preferred to have been at the office with his clients mm-hmm. and because that was just who he was. That was his makeup. Yeah. So, you know, what it would have been like for him today, what we're going through, it would have been difficult because I could imagine my mother saying, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, I, I get that. Um, so we're, we've got five more minutes. So any other thoughts on... So one of the things we did want to share, and we do only have a couple minutes, so I will make it very brief, but 
We know so many couples. Yeah, that's right. I will. I'll talk fast. <laughs> so many couples will say, you know, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. And one of the things that we have tried to remind others of and remind ourselves of is the grass is green where you take care of it. Yes. And so in any relationship, it takes work. Mm-hmm. It takes cultivating. It takes, you know, good watering. It takes mowing. It takes all the things that go into making a beautiful lawn go into times 10 making a beautiful relationship. And so there needs to be weeds taken out periodically. There needs to be, you know, some revamps here and there, but the grass is greener where you water it. So two people committed to God first and foremost, and then committed to each other can make any relationship work. And um, so when it comes to marriage, we just want to encourage people, if you're struggling right now, get help. Go to a professional counselor, you know, call your pastor, call a friend, get the professional help that you need to be able to work out those relationships. If you're in a situation where there is abuse or there's something else, get to safety. We're not saying to stay in a relationship that's not safe. Right. What we are saying is that if you've, um, you know, if you need help, seek the help. Um, don't just give up and say, I'm going to go check for greener grass over somewhere else, right. but really just invest in what God's given you. Well, one of the things that we talk about over and over again, I, I know it's, we only have a couple of minutes, but there's a level of communication that is deeper than just surfacy. And we, we talk about that even as uh, we go through even premarital counseling, but it's much more important during marital counseling because they're missing this point. And that is there's deeper communication level than just the surface communication, mm-hmm. the topical or the, you know, the informing each other. How was your day? Everything good? Great. How was yours? Terrific. What's your schedule like? How's your mom? You know, those yeah. things that they're, they're the necessary. Uh, but there's a deeper level of communication that's required in a marriage. So we say, okay, well, let's go to the next level. Let's talk about our feelings and let's get to the emotional. You know, that's not deep enough. The emotions, that's necessary to, you know, my wife, as I've shared earlier, she's a verbal processor. She needs to talk about things. Mm-hmm. I'm a private processor. I'll quietly go get on a lawnmower and cut the grass or, you know, grab a some scraps he of He says wood. that, but I do a lot of time listening that he doesn't even realize. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but there is a third level, and that third level is spirit to spirit. And that means we have we have to be able to communicate at a level that is deeper than just the emotion. How am I feeling? How are you feeling? And that's a deeper level. It's almost uh, it's at that core foundational commitment level where I know at the very core that that's unshakable and immovable. That I know no matter what happens between my wife and me, whether emotions are way off the charts or her emotions are uh, quite stable and mine are out of whack. Did I say that properly? <laughs> yeah, you if did. she is completely stable and I am way off the rails, yes. mm-hmm. that yeah. even if that is the that's case. That's usually the case, huh? <laughs> if that is the case, we still have that rock-solid foundation that is never going to move. So everything else can be addressed. So we take any of those issues, whatever those issues are, and we've done two things that we can offer this as as advice. And the first is we've agreed to trust each other so that when I don't see things as clearly as I think I see things, Mm -hmm. and she says, honey, you don't see things as clearly as you think you see them, that I have agreed to trust her. And he's being kind and vice versa, you know, you know, living with a woman that battle with PMS and all of that. Um, we've both had to be on each side of that, being able to trust each other. And he's not making no comment. Okay. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, listen, in this relationship, I can tell you honestly, I got the better end. That's I worked hard in order to pursue my wife 
she did not always make it as easy, especially, you know, when we were dating. And then she moved to two other states, and that made it difficult. But I would pers- I pursued her to... He did. He pursued me to Pennsylvania. Yes, I did. And then she he- was in Pittsburgh in school, and I went and pursued her there. And then she left from there and went down to Greenville, South Carolina. And I pursued her to Greenville, South Carolina. I'm glad she didn't go farther. Men, if you're listening, women like to be pursued. She was worth the pursuit, believe me. We've got 34 wonderful years of marriage to prove it. Well, we've got 34 years of marriage. How many of them are wonderful? She may disagree. <laughs> but but, that, but that's normal. He chased and, me yeah. until I let yeah. him catch me. Yeah. But, that, but that's normal. <laughs> I mean... But at the same time, I will say that I love the idea that you guys are so happy that you're married for 34 years because today's generation thinks it's a ball game. And mm-hmm. after yeah. the ninth inning, it's over. Yes. Know? And that's sad that they – I'll leave it at that. So. Well, we and joke I, and we say, yeah. you know, what do you call 34 years of marriage? A good start. Yeah. and But that's because of God. Yeah. I can tell you that. That's one of the key missing elements in so many marriages that fall apart is that even if they claim to know God, they don't trust his way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And so it's critical that you know what God expects from marriage and you put it into practice. And when you do that, you'll find that my life is completely consumed with loving him and doing what's necessary for him. And his life is completely consumed with loving me and doing what's necessary for for me and then who's not happy with that right right if we live a life that's not selfish we're gonna really each benefit so much that it's like wow this is great yeah no that's true and the short period of time that i have got to know you guys i i see that i mean a lot of it you guys do remind me of my own parents where you have each other's back yeah and, and everything you know and i see how before we go live, you want to make sure, you know, Vince's ties, right? Well, that'd be my mother. We're going out. Uh, my father's shirt's crooked, you know. <laughs> right. So, you know, so you have each other. My father would say, eh, maybe you should do something else what you're wearing, you know, in a yeah. nice way, but then get himself in the doghouse somehow. <laughs> but, you know, he tried. And then, of course, you know, mom would say, well, I think now what I wanted for my birthday. So I, I get it, you know. Yes. Um, but, yeah, in today's world, I know you guys see it because you're doing marriage counseling, um, uh, uh, premarital counsel with one of our members of the um, worship team and you know they're young and I hope they stay committed from yeah. start to finish because it's well you know what they have every chance we've done many he's done many weddings and um, and I can tell you that um, it's a wonderful thing to see a couple start out dedicated to the Lord and to each other follow through with knowing that there's not an out clause they're going to build a window for life together right. Right. and that's what it takes it takes right. building it takes investment yeah. it takes time and you've got to choose wisely yeah. you know I chose a man who I could fully respect fully honor and um, and know that he was there for me no matter what and there's a, a good friend of mine that of course I've never been married but taught me put something in my head that I never forget because I even tried to use in that with um, the girls I have dated, never go, ma- never go to bed mad at each other because mm-hmm. you may not wake up, right? And you may regret what you said, right? You know, so I, yeah. I learned to use that's yeah. biblical. Don't yeah. let the sun go down on your wrath. Right. When you have an issue with somebody, deal with it that day, right? And yep. end it. All right, with that, any final thoughts? Yep. No, nope. I think we're over time now. But thank you for having um, us. You're very welcome. I, I enjoyed it. It was fun, um, Pastor. If you don't mind, lead us in a closing prayer and. 
we'll do this all over again next Tuesday. Sure. Father, it is so good to be here. Thank you for the wonderful wife you've given me. Lord, if there's any opportunity that we can be encouraging to others out there, Lord, we want uh, to take full advantage of that. May you be glorified uh, with what is said, and may we please you. But, uh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for being a loving God. We thank you that you're a God who cares about passion, cares about romance, cares about relationships. And from the beginning, it was so. From the beginning, you made a decision. Uh, in fact, as one put it, uh, the only thing we get to carry from the sinless uh, garden is relationship and marriage. Uh, everything else has been tainted. But that, Lord, is a can still be held in high esteem. So we thank you for that privilege. We just invite romance into the lives and the hearts of uh, people who are able to listen even this evening. May you strengthen their relationships, and uh, should there be one who is seeking to find a loving relationship, may you make them the man or woman that uh, they should be, and uh, then put one in their life that is a perfect fit for them. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, folks, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll do this again next Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Until then, we bid you a good night and be peace. Thank Thank you you for joining us and listening to The Carpenter's Son with Pastor Vince Lombardo of Calvary Chapel of Hamilton. Join us next Tuesday at 7 p.m. for The Carpenter's Son on WNJHradio.com.